Wonderful, wonderful talent here 
um, that always calls in at Dream Chasers Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. Uh, this is your host, Yaya Diamond. You're listening to us on 97.5 FM Real Community Radio in Northport, Florida, as well as Bomb Baby Radio in New York City, the Caribbean Community Radio Station in all the Caribbean, West Palm Beach, all the way down to the Keys on the east coast of Florida. We are restarting the program today because I wanted to make sure I had the music going. And for some reason, it just wasn't going. And that's just not going to do when you know it's not enough. Today's show is when you know what you know is not enough. And you know, we all have to go back. We all have to um, do different things, and and uh, and and kind of go back and re-engage ourselves. And we're talking about that and more with our guest today. I want to welcome to the show my first guest. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hey, this is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How do you pronounce your last name? It's Aru. The X I like is silent. It's a weird last name. No, that's not weird. It's just beautiful. That's all. So, well, what do you <laughs> What do you do? I'm actually well. I'm a teacher by day, and by night, I am a published um, young adult author. Wow! Wow! Well, how how did you do that? Um, you know, it's a crazy, it's kind of a crazy story. I I've been writing all my life, ever since I was a kid, and um, I just, one time I just kind of messed up on the computer, and my husband saw a couple of books that I had written, and he was like, "What's that?" And I, you know, I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, "Oh, it's nothing. No one will want to read it. It's silly." And he kind of, you know, gave me the confidence and said, "Why don't you check it out? You never know what could happen. Somebody might want to mm-hmm. read it." So I, you know, I started sending my books out, and I was picked up by a publisher, and just kind of the rest is history. It's just crazy. Oh my gosh! Wow, wow. Okay, so it's one of those Steven Spielberg kind of things where his wife kind of grabbed the book out of the garbage. Yes, exactly. Yes. I mean, I never wow. probably would have ever had the courage to do it if he hadn't have just kind of pushed me into that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so tell me what happened after that. I mean, I know you got picked up, but I mean, you know, there is a, a story behind the story all the time. And I think that there's, it's so interesting that when we don't have faith in ourselves, when we don't know, we just, when we think we don't know enough, it really truly is. Yeah. I mean, you kind of hit the head on that right there. I was picked up by a publisher. Um, and I always tell an aspiring writer or another author, you know, like you said, it's not, it's never, okay, it's the dream, this is what happened. There's always going to be something else that happens in between. And I was picked up, I was naive, I, you know, I thought this was the greatest thing ever. My first book was published, and, you know, just there were a lot of errors, like grammar mistakes, spelling mistakes, and, you know, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher, so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was like, just dumbfounded. You know, and the publisher, I, it was a vanity press. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know what a vanity press was. Uh, you know, and they just basically took my manuscript. They didn't clean it up. They just slapped a cover on it and published it. And, you know, I sold some books. But at the end of the day, I just felt like, you know, I can't make money if I'm not truly, like, proud of the quality of work that just went out. So I, right. you know, I pulled my book. From my, yeah. And so I pulled my books from my publisher and um, 
I, I met up with another author who was dab, kind of working around and publishing herself. And she just said, hey, let me take you on. You know, be my first client. You know, let me try to build a, fan, you know, a base behind you. And, I, you know, and I put my faith in her, and I haven't looked back since. And she has mm-hmm. given me, you know, the grounds now to where I'm, I'm going to book signings. I'm helping, you know, kind of help other authors. You know, I'm getting – I'm I'm getting my books out there that should have been out there from the very beginning. You know, mm-hmm. it's just I had to stumble and I had to fall and I had to pick myself back up and just learn it all over again. Mm. Now that's a big deal. I'm gonna tell you what the big deal is and most people didn't catch that. The big deal is that they published it and they did not look at your mistakes. No, and you know, the sad thing is now that I've I'm seeing the other side of publishing because I do help out a little bit with my publisher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I help edit some of the books and stuff. And it's it's sad how many authors come to us with the exact same story. You know, I thought, oh, you know, just dumb me. I didn't pay attention. You know, it, it just, they took, you know, they took me for granted or whatever. No, I mean, this is happening all over the place because everybody has a dream. Everybody, you know, wants to write a book. And you do it and you think, okay, these people are going to do right by me. You know, they're going to they're gonna want to put out a good quality piece of work, too. And that's just not the case, you know, and, and it's mm. hard. And it's, it's very discouraging to a lot of authors. And, you know, and there was a part of me that thought, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, I was embarrassed. I was hurt. I was angry. But I just, I guess the stubbornness in me, too, took over. And I just couldn't, couldn't be the end of it for me. I had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. It's it's important that people realize that you have to do it for yourself, um, and exactly. and they're not going to do it for you. Their their whole retrospect is the the denom the common denominator here is the money that they're going to receive, and they really don't care how bad you look. Um, they no. just want the money. They want the money, exactly. and they're not looking at and, it. You know, and that's the, hard and to a, understand. It is. It really is. Especially when, especially when it's your baby, it's your, it's your dream. It's, it's your, it's your goal. And, you know, it doesn't make you a bad writer. And and obviously, I mean, you're an English teacher, you you know, it's just that you want to do it so bad that you overlook your own mistakes because you're so excited about it. I mean, and I know, you know, you're so excited about it. How excited were you? Before you found your grammar mistakes, before you found it, how excited were you to get that publishing deal? Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is something, you know, I had dreamed of ever since a child. It was one of those things where I wanted it to happen but never thought it would happen. And so when I signed that contract and, you know, then I got my first book and I held it in my hands, you know, I am a mom, but it was like holding a new baby. You know, you're so mm-hmm. excited. You're so proud of what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the true thing is, is I, I, I let somebody else make me believe that they were going to do right by me. And, you know, and it could have discouraged me, but it didn't. And at the end of the day, you know, I figured out, you know, I'm going to have to do my own editing. And even if I do send it off to an editor, just because I want to make sure that whatever I put in my reader's hands is the best that I can possibly give. You know, because that's, right. that's fair. If somebody's paying for something, they should get your best quality work. Right. And when you found those grammar mistakes, right. I mean, you know, I know. No, 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 no. It's fine. Definitely fine. No, I I know, you know, the today's show is when you know it's not enough. I had to restart the program because we had a little mishap with the, with the studio. Um, But 
you know, when you know it's not enough, it's like, okay, so you, you pulled it from the shelf. How did you feel when you had to retract all you put out there? I mean, again, you know, I kind of felt like a failure for a moment. You know, I had to let everybody mm. know, hey, if you bought one of my books, you know, I'm going to give you a free one when the new one comes out. You know, I just, I couldn't let people think that this is the best of me. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't want people to feel like I let them down, if that makes sense. No, it makes total sense. It makes complete sense. Wow. Wow. And so now that you've gotten it out, now that you know what you have to do, now that you know what you know is enough, what are you doing now? Um, and have you developed any new method uh, that you didn't have when you started? Definitely, um, I guess, in terms of the writing, you know, I'm just going back and I'm, I'm like I said before, I'm editing my own books now. Before I ever send mm-hmm. it off to an editor, I'm editing it. I'm looking at it as though nobody else is going to read it, you know, and check it for me. And mm-hmm. so that's been a huge thing. My grandmother has been my biggest fan, my mother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I give my books to them and I'll say, okay, I need your honest opinion before I mm-hmm. send it off to anybody. I need to know what you all think. And, you know, they are brutally honest at times, and they'll say, this is awful, or you need to change this, or sometimes they're just like, this is great. You know, we love it. Right. Um, that's really been something for me is to is to really kind of take that leap of faith and kind of put my own insecurities behind and say, okay, you know, I need to hear other people's criticism too. Because ultimately, you know, that's who I'm writing for, for everybody else too. Right, right. Definitely, definitely. Wow, wow. And now, okay. The the main question that I have for every writer, and 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 you know, it's it's so it's so cool. Like across the board, when you thought about the one thing that you wanted to write about, did you go through a whole list of things you wanted to write about? Were you uncertain about the the the, the style of writing, or or even fiction or nonfiction, um, or did you know right away? I knew right away I was going to do something with like fantasy and fiction. That's kind of always where, you know, I've always been drawn to. That's what I like to read. It's always kind of been Mm -hmm. what I wrote. And when I picked up really up, you know, and started writing in college and wrote my first book in college, um, you know, I I had a dream and it sounds silly, but I had a dream about this girl in this old house who stumbled upon this book and you know in the when I woke up from the dream I didn't know what the book was but I, I just mm. knew I got to do something with this and so mm-hmm. I started writing it and I was in and I had a history class of American history and we started talking about the Salem witch trials and mm. I've always been a history buff even though I'm an English teacher I've always been just drawn to history and mm-hmm. just things just kind of started to click and I'm the type of person who if it, if I start to think of it I just have to write it you know, and right. eventually it'll come together. I may start with the end of the book. I may start with a big fight or battle scene, but I just have to write it down. And that's kind of how my writing really just took off. Just mm-hmm. had little thoughts and dreams, and I just kind of started pouring it out. Wow. 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 Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go down the list here. I'm going to go down the history because this is what I understand. First of all, you were too scared to publish your books, and so your husband helped to bring you out. Book, your first book was was your baby. You put it out there, and lo and behold, the company mm-hmm. that did pick it up didn't really read through it enough to give you the criticism that they needed to give you to let you see that the book yeah. was great, but it just had some errors in it that you needed to correct. So you had to pull them all, notify the people that 
that you now I'm going down this list because I want people to hear this. Notify the people that you sent that that purchased a book that they would get a free copy when you put it back on the shelf. And and now that you're moving forward. Now, all of this could have been detrimental to your progress as a writer. How did you mm-hmm. overcome this? How did you get through this? You know, I tell people I just I never give up. I always have faith, you know, and sometimes you just have to sit back and reflect and just think, okay, that, you know, it, it sucked. It was a moment, but it didn't define me. Um, it didn't define me, you know, in my dreams and what I want to do. And I just had to, I just had to kind of, you know, pick myself up and say, all right, be a big girl now, get over it. Mm. Wow. What kind of advice do you want to give the people that are, are, seeking to write their own book. I mean, you know, maybe they can't start. Maybe they, they, they are not focused enough. Maybe they, they start and they stop. I mean, what is it that they need to do? That it, I mean, maybe something that you incorporate in your writing that may help other writers. You know, I guess just never stop. I mean, obvious, you know, what I always tell authors is if you start writing a book, you have every intention of finishing it. You know, it's there. Sometimes it just takes longer. You know, I know I myself, I've picked up a, a, you know, started writing a book and just lost interest or just couldn't finish it. And I just always tell other authors, just put it aside. It will come eventually. But mm-hmm. just never give up. You know, everybody needs to always just push and do what life is short. You know, we got to do what we want to do. You know, and if you and if you fail, okay, then just get up and try something else, you know. But that that's always been my biggest thing, and I'm still learning that. You know, but mm. you just have to keep going and just never give up. Right, right. Has your ego ever gotten involved in any of the things that you've been doing? Like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm an English teacher. Or have you always been humble enough to realize that we don't know everything and, and, and that there's a learning process that goes on every single day? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's what I, I truly believe got me into the debacle with my first book. You know, I thought, oh, man, I'm, I'm a good writer. I got this. You know, I don't need to look through it. They'll, they'll edit it for me, you know, and I just send it off. And, mm-hmm. and in hindsight, looking back now, I think, okay, I, as, as a writer, as an English teacher, you know, I tell my students, you have to read through it three different times. You need to get a different set of eyes to look at it before you come and, and turn it into me to grade. You know, and I didn't take my own advice. You know, I just thought, oh, I got this. You know, this is great. They want to read it. They're going to, you know, help me. And I don't know if it was my ego or if it was just, you know, thinking that since I know how to do something, I can do it. I don't know. But that that's really what I feel like got me in the mess, you know, and I should mm. have slowed it down and I should have read it over again myself. Right, right. But you live and you learn, wow. you know, you got to, you got to do it. Definitely, definitely. You know, it, it is an honor to have you on the show because a lot of people oh, don't realize you. that you you're welcome. I mean, I mean, really, it's 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 amazing to me. I love writers because it takes so much to give of yourself, and, and you're and you're coming up with these these situations that are literally out of the world. I mean, they're just out of this world. When you you know when you come to the realization that you are a writer, how does that make you feel? I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to truly believe I am, you know, I mean, I I have books out and I do book signing events, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, 
I'm a teacher and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I feel like those things are are the biggest things that define me. I love mm-hmm. being a writer. It's it's been my dream and it's my passion. But I don't know. I feel like, you know, the other things come first. And, you know, I have to kind of just add that into that life as well, if that makes sense. You know, I have to find a place in my life and in my family for my writing and, and doing all of those things. Well, you know, you're you're an inspiration, even though you probably don't know it. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. You're an inspiration, even though you don't, you probably don't realize it. Um, but being that you are an inspiration, how, how is your persona now that you are a writer? Have you, have you been uplifted? Have you come to a new real, I mean, you, you know what I'm trying to say, right? Your head might've been down. Your, your, your persona might've been a little less than what it is now. Are you more confident is what I'm trying to say now that you've begun this journey? Yes. I mean, I do feel like it definitely has given me more confidence to believe in myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I've had to learn that if I fail sometimes, like that's probably the biggest thing I've ever, I've had to really learn and overcome is that if I fail, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've got to just do it and I've got to continue to go, to do it. And, you know, that's what I want to teach my children. You know, they come to a lot of my book signing events with me. Of course, my husband, he is like there every step of the way, bless his heart, <laughs> carrying the books in and helping me out and stuff. But I always tell my kids, I'm like, it's okay if mommy doesn't sell everything that she wants to sell or if things don't work out always the way that I want, you know, but you have to try. And, you know, right. I've, I've got that confidence now where I just, I, I take that leap of faith. And, you know, sometimes things work out and it's great and other times it doesn't and I just have to start back over that's that's inspiring that definitely that definitely is inspiring because a lot of people don't realize that failure is just a learning experience it's not really failure mm-hmm. it's more like you learn that that doesn't work it just it just doesn't work it's, just, it's not you haven't failed because failure to me is a complete ignorance of or ignorance of what you're trying to do in life, you just don't do it. That's failure. And that's like a fear. You know, I, I've always, I was mm-hmm. always afraid of, you know, what people would think of me, you know, and I, I was always afraid of that. And failure is fear. And, you know, you just, I would much rather say I tried and I didn't succeed than mm-hmm. spend the rest of my life going, well, what if I had done that, you know? Right. Definitely, definitely. I think, and I learned today one crucial thing. It's it, it's so crucial that to think about it is is revolutionary for me, and I don't know if most people will get it. But failure doesn't exist only in the minds of a person who can imagine what things might turn out to be. And in fact, failure is success because you have found something that needs to be fixed, and if you can fix it you will be successful at something no one else has ever done. Oh, I love that. I love that. That is so inspiring. It is. I learned that today. That's awesome. Just just, just by going about my day, just something in my mind. It's just you're not a failure. You found something that no one else can solve, that if you have solved, if you can resolve it, you will be successful 
Yes, I love that. That is that is so, so motivating and inspiring. There you go. It's not a failure at all. You've just found something that no one else can solve and no one else has found. And if you can resolve it, you will be even more successful than you ever want it to be. And so it's not failure. Wow. It's not failure. You know, look at all the people. Look at look at the light bulb. Look at all look at all the ways that he found that didn't work, but he figured mm-hmm. out that if he could make that work, he would be successful. But not only did not only did the person that did the light bulb and made the computer and the, they went back and they they solved every piece up to that point. So yeah. everything that you've seen, the computer came out, and it came out. And the first, very first computers were the Commodores. I remember I had one, and it was it was programming. You you just needed programming. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. they wanted to solve it by not having programming, having some kind of a method, but they failed at that. But now, if you go back, they reverse engineered it to hit every point that they had so called failed at. That's just incredible. So failure doesn't exist at that, all. That's just, that should be right there like a quote just to like put out there. That's so I'll, awesome. I, I think I'll, I'll put that out there one day. I'll put that out there today or someplace. I don't know. But you need it's to. Just that's amazing. That I just, it, it's just it's inspiring to know that when you went back and you pulled your book, it wasn't failure because you put it back out there. So you actually didn't fail. You resolved the issues and then put it back resolved. So you were even that more successful. That just makes it sound so much better. Yeah. You were even more successful when you pulled it and put it back than when you put it in the first place. Yeah. I, that is just such a like inspiring and positive way to look at it. I really like Definitely. that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So there's no failure. That's awesome. And I commend you for it. I think that it. gives hope to a lot of people. Definitely. Def- to me, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all got to have it, you know. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, sometimes this world is so dark and scary. Sometimes you just got to you just gotta look at the positive side of things. Definitely. And And looking at the positive side of things and seeing that, you know, your success is 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 imminent. It's wonderful. It's just it's just wonderful. And so I Thank I you. commend you and Michelle, Aru. I love yes. your name. <laughs> Thank you. I like and, it too. <laughs> you know where can people reach you? They can find me on Amazon, Goodreads, um, Facebook. I mean. Just anywhere. Just try. Just put in that name, and something should hopefully pop up. <laughs> There's not that many A awesome. groups, so that's a good thing. Awesome. I'm putting that in here right now. I'm just kind of typing that in here. All right, I got it. And so I did put up your awesome. website, which is uh, Shady Brook Shady Oaks Brook Books dot com. Sorry, oh, Shady Oak yeah. Books dot com. And then all and yes. all social media under the name Michelle A. Root. I yes. did it. See, I'm doing good here. Well, thank you. <laughs> you are. I pre- you are so awesome. I really appreciate this. 
Ah, uh, Michelle, they, believe me, you and everyone and all the guests um, who make the show, I don't. I'm just here as a as a crazy person sitting on the other end going, <laughs> you guys are amazing. I love you. That's, that's me, just looking in and hoping that, you know, what we do here uh, will help. Well, it does. You have given me some insightful, you know, encouraging words. I think I'm going to take some of that to my students tomorrow. Do that. Talk yeah, to them cool. about yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we all need that encouragement, especially young writers and young children growing up. They they're under so much pressure. That would be amazing, and it would be my honor uh, if you would use that. Thank you so much. Well, I will. Thank you so much. All right, then, Michelle. Until next time, you keep those books coming, and let me know when you want to be back on the show. Perfect. I will. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Bye bye. And that was Michelle Aru, uh, ShadyOaksBooks.com, amazing writer, uh, teacher of young adults. Uh, man, you know, again, it's not failure. If you can conquer everything that's in your mind that you want to do, and you don't hit that point and that point fails, that is a discovery. It's a discovery. You know, people have done so many wonderful things. I mean, look at all these people out here that are doing everything they're doing. Just think about it. Just, just, just humor me for a second and think about this. Someone had to come up with the whiteboard. So they come up with the chalkboard instead of the whiteboard. And they miss, they miss the mark. It's not a whiteboard. It's a chalkboard. So they made a chalkboard, made some money out of it. Okay, chalkboard was invented, but they still have not made the whiteboard. And so they go back to the drawing board. I'm just giving you an example that may not, it doesn't, I mean, this is not true. This is just, this is just my thought. And they try again to make the whiteboard, okay? They want to make a whiteboard, and they come up with a chalkboard. One of those, uh, um, you know, pen boards is, you know, with cork, cork boards. They come up with the cork boards, and they and they and and they get to pin stuff on it, but their pen just won't write. Okay, so then they said, okay, we got to go back to the drawing board, and they come up with a canvas. Well, okay, that's close to a whiteboard, but you got to use now acrylic or oil-based paints to paint on it. That's not going to work because you can't erase it. Okay, all right. So they go back to the drawing board and they get a whiteboard. But lo and behold, the whiteboard is great, but permanent markers don't work on whiteboards. So now they have to come up with a marker that is erasable that will write on on the whiteboard and erase. And they come up with that. But all their mistakes or their failures, the chalkboard, the um, the the um, the uh, what was it? The corkboard, uh, the canvas is in the stores being sold. All those quote unquote mistakes. Well, they solved a lot of issues because people use chalkboards. They use cork boards. They use canvases and all other types of boards to get their 
their ideas across. Look at Microsoft. They're constantly updating. Why are they updating? What the heck is an update? Why do I need so many updates? Because they found areas where they could improve what they've created. They're reverse engineering or they're even making it better. So when we as people who are inventive, whether you write a song, whether you write a play, whether you write a screenplay, whether you are an author, it, I mean, whether you are an inventor, whatever the case may be, when you invent that main thing, you're not going to tell me that you don't want to improve on it. You're not going to go back and try to figure out if this one main thing that you finally got to work after all of the trials and tribulations that you put in, all the effort you put in, and all of the uh, the, the journey that you took to get there, you're not going to want to make, I mean, you're done, right? You're done. It's done, right? No. No, it's not. That's why there are continuous updates and continuous new products and improvements on new products and improvements. It may be one thing, but guess what they did? They went back to solve an issue. They found that if this could work, if we can find the area where this can be reality, it would make things so much better. But how did they get to that point? Where did they find out that this didn't work? How did they, how did they get there? It was a what? A quote, unquote, what the world would call a failure. It, it, there is no such thing as failure, guys. Failure doesn't exist. Failure is the discovery of something that has yet to be solved. That's what that is. And if you've discovered it, you can solve it. I have faith in you. You can solve that issue. If there's something that you want to do, something you want to you want to accomplish in life, it doesn't matter what it is. If if your if your grandmother passed away and she was the glue in your family and now you want to be the glue, you want to take on that responsibility, that is an admirable goal. It's wonderful. I love it. Go for it. What are you going to do to become the glue? How are you going to fill in her footsteps? Those are some big shoes to fill. How are you going to do it? Well, there are going to be discoveries along the way. But that's okay. You'll you'll solve them. We all have things we need to solve in our lives. It's a wonderful thing, guys. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to pursue your dreams. Go after those goals. Solve those issues. Discover new things. Go on that journey. The journey is well worth it. I love it. 
We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Don't you go nowhere. You're listening to Dream Chasers Radio with me, your host, Yaya Diamond.
everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio with me, your host, Yaya Diamond. You know, it is important that we go after our goals, we go after our dreams, and we pursue them with all diligence because that is where our hearts are, that is where our dreams are, and most importantly, that is where our sanity is. I want to go ahead and thank the next guest for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Oh, hello. This is Charu Suri, and I am a pianist and composer. I just launched my first uh, jazz album just a few months ago. It's called Lollipops to Breakfast, and it um, it's basically um, it's doing well, and I was so, so happy to be able to share it with the world and um, love the reception that my fans are, have given me. Awesome, awesome. So tell me how you guys started. Uh, I've been playing the piano since I was, you know, five years old, and I grew up in mm-hmm. South India, and I kind of fell and fell in love with music. Once I started practicing, I really didn't stop, and that was what my parents said, okay, we're going to give her piano lessons, and so the next thing they knew, I was practicing like 12 hours a day, and I wasn't the kid, the kid who wanted to go and like you know, dress up, eat candy, and for some reason mm-hmm. they were like, oh my God, what is wrong with this kid? And I said, well, nothing's <laughs> wrong. I just really, really love music. So they really helped and made it happen. They got me the best teachers, and I started playing on stage on the concert hall as young as seven years old. It was giving recitals back home in India, and then I started winning competitions, and I took took it abroad. So that's how it all started, but thanks to my dad, because he was the head of a, a, a record, recording company, and mm-hmm. um, it just so happened that one of the apartments that we moved into had a piano, and it was just great luck and and great inspiration because he would come home with stacks and stacks of discs and records, and he would give me the best possible music, and that's the, the environment in which I grew up. Wow, wow. So tell me about your song. Tell me about Lollipops for Breakfast. So Lollipops for Breakfast is my first venture into jazz because I grew up playing classical piano and I gave a lot of, um, you know, I was playing Mozart and Chopin when I was a child. But last year, this 2018, I was so fortunate to see some of the world's famous, most best jazz musicians live. I saw Imani, and I saw Nora Jones, and I went to New Orleans, and I saw Preservation Hall Jazz Band. And I've been composing since I was a kid, but I never for a single moment even thought about jazz as a genre I would get into because that was not something I grew up with. But I fell in love with jazz. I said, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing in, in the world. I really want to write an album. I, want to, I mean, I've never, I've never heard anything, you know, as close to cool as, as this. So our friends were like, well, you know, you kind of gave up, put music on a back burner for a couple of years. Why didn't you just give it a shot? So I said, okay, mm-hmm. so I really wanted to compose an, a jazz album. And Lollipops for Breakfast, the title of the album, was inspired by my six-year-old daughter. Uh, she mm. literally woke up one out of bed one morning, and, and she said, Mom, I want Lollipops for Breakfast. Oh, my gosh. And I thought to myself, how wonderful would it be if you could actually live your life like a kid, and you were able to have this fantasy come true every day and have 
you know, metaphorically or realistically to have lollipops for breakfast every day. So that that joie de vivre, that sentiment really, really hit home for me. And I and, and that was also a time politically where I wasn't too happy with what was going on in the world and I said, you know, everyone should be able to, to, to be a kid and everyone should mm-hmm. be able to have that unbelievable joy every single day and every single aspect of their life. So that's what set the title song in motion and you know, that's sort of like the I think the most popular song in the album, everyone has emailed me and said how much they love it. Mm. And it really is, it's, it's a fun tune and it is, um, and it's, it's really for the kid and all of us. So that's how that title tune, the album and everything came about. Wow. Wow. Well, I have it on Spotify because you can get that on Spotify. I'm going to go ahead and play it for a minute. So hold on a second. Don't go nowhere. Here it is. Lollipops for breakfast. I actually want lollipops for breakfast. That'd be kind of cool. Give me a second. Let me get this. I know. I know. You don't hear it. I do. Let me grab it. Here we go.
We have to do some modifications here to make sure that I got that. I absolutely love it. It does sound like you have lollipops for breakfast. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for playing it. That was very nice. I love that song. I love it. I absolutely love that song. Hold on a second. My my daughter hops to it all the time. You know, it's like it's it's like once you have a kid. I never wanted children, really, but once I had this kid, it was like my life changed forever. It was like the most wonderful thing, and she is just such a joy. <laughs> you didn't want kids. Okay. <laughs> it was hard because I was traveling a lot, and, and I was like, really, what? If, I didn't want kids because I didn't know if I was going to do a good job being a mom. Oh, okay. I got you. I got That's you. the reason I didn't want kids. You know, I mean, it's like that fear is in everybody. You know, every woman has that has that fear of not not being enough, not being good enough. But I mean, obviously, you and your daughter have a close relationship with each other. We really do. We really do. Now it's awesome. it's really really great. Awesome, awesome. Now tell me about this whole album, like this jazz. I mean, okay, so you did, you're doing jazz. Jazz to me is like okay, not not a lot of people do jazz anymore. Did you really fall in love with it that much? Yeah, I wanted to do jazz because I wanted to change jazz a little bit. Um, my next two albums, I'm, I'm working on two new albums. One of them is inspired by my Indian upbringing. And so it's basically a new form of jazz, uh, which in, in it, it's, it's derived a lot from my Carnatic music uh, uh, upbringing. And we've debuted some pieces. In fact, I just finished a, a recital, a concert right now tonight, and I'm calling you after the concert. Um, and and it's been so well received because people want a little bit something a little bit different. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've heard so much Latin jazz, we've heard so much Afro-Cuban jazz, we've we've we've, we've heard so much, uh, you know, different international jazz, but we haven't heard too much of Indian jazz, um, and that's right. the style. And that's the style I'm I'm composing in, at least for my next upcoming album. Mm-hmm. And I I wanted to get into jazz because I feel that it really can go much, much further than all the other, you know, um, stylistic um, uh, marvelous creations that we've heard so far. Uh, did I fall in love with it that much? I don't know. I like I like composing and doing jazz because I like having a good time. It's a fun, mm-hmm. it's a fun genre. I I've I've been blessed. We won a Global Music Award for this album in December and we That's have right. have yeah, it was really wonderful, um, and we have a, a whole packed schedule here in New York City. We we're giving plenty of performances in the city, um, and we're going on tour, our first national tour to Miami next week, and performing three concerts, uh, four concerts in three days. Um, and I, I fell in love with jazz um, because I love 
the lyricism. I love very beautiful lyrical jazz. And I love the fact that, you know, I'm able to, we're able to play and show folks a good time. And every single mm-hmm. people, time I, we perform, we have people come up to us and say they want to dance. It was like a swinging great time. And it, it, that really, for me, just makes me so happy because I think we could all use a lot of joy and love in, in the world mm-hmm. right now and have a feel good time. And, and that's the reason I, I fell in love with jazz. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, so music in itself, you you just finished a concert. Um, the excitement of being on the stage, was that something that you liked or was that something you had to get used to? Oh, I love being on the stage. I feel so happy when I'm performing. I, I think that's when I come alive and, and I feel really at home. I don't really... I used to get nervous and I think always Mm -hmm. nervousness is always a good thing because it shows you care. Um, But I love um, sharing, you know, music with the world. I think I feel, I feel really happy when I'm doing that. And I don't know ever since I was a child, when I was performing, I've completely forgotten um, the audience. I just play because I love playing it. And in fact, one of my first performances, I was up on stage and I completely forgot I was up on stage. And, you know, when you get, get lost in everything, you just let it take over. You, you're, you're, I feel so happy doing it. So mm-hmm. I, guess, I, guess I, I guess the answer is I don't really know whether I'm at home or on the stage when I get wrapped up in music. Wow. Wow. Okay. So what were your experience? Did you have any experiences that kind of uh, – you know, either elated you or kind of belittled you in any way throughout your adventure in music? Uh, did I have any experiences that belittle me? Yeah, either that, elated you, that put you up, or that brought oh. you down. You know, there's so many different roller coaster events that happen during a, a goal, a dream, an aspiration. Oh, absolutely. And, and oh, absolutely. you know, being encouraging to know that you know, people that are listening are not the only ones. Yes, absolutely. Oh, you have no idea. When I was on this <laughs> path, I, I was, I, I've had both experiences. Um, when I was a, a kid in university, I had the great fortune of having one of my pieces performed by Yo-Yo Ma and Edgar Meyer, two of the greatest musicians in the world. They actually played mm. in my piece. And I remember Edgar Meyer saying, looking at me and saying, never, ever, ever give up music. You were, you were born to do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that for me was the most amazing thing I, a kid could have ever heard. But then on the contrary, I got put down more times than I could remember trying to get my work out there. Uh, you know, it was always, no, you're not going to make it. No, you're you know, you're a woman, what's going to happen? You're going to get married and have babies. And I heard that, I heard that more times than I care to remember. And I, that, that really brought me down so much because, um, and I, I kept thinking to myself, this is ridiculous. You know, we can be living in a world where it's unbelievably sexist all the time. And, you know, a lot of musicians, when they try to make it, there a lot of them are, 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 are men. And especially, you know, if you're trying to make it and nobody knows who you are, 
you have to really stand out from the crowd. You have to work like really hard and really be super, mm-hmm. um, super great because no one else is going to take you seriously. If you don't take yourself seriously. Mm. Um, and I, I, I kept, I, while there were these professional musicians who were obviously like Edgar and Yo-Yo Ma who were very encouraging and told me to go after it, but many people weren't. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and I had this constant emotional roller coaster ride, I mean, almost on a daily basis. And finally, I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. I mean, if, you, if I listened to every single person's opinion, they, I wouldn't get anywhere. I'd be chasing my tail because it, be, it, was, it was completely up and down. So Mm -hmm. I just sat myself down and I said, you know, Charu, what do you love? What do you want to do? What brings you Mm -hmm. joy? Ultimately, I don't think you can do anything in this world unless you fall. You sincerely believe in it. You sincerely feel that you love it and it'll bring you joy. Um, And and finally, I just said, you know what? Um, You can't be listening to the world out there. That would drive you crazy. Um, you have to figure out what it is that really brings you joy and happiness and do it just for that reason and no other reason, no other reason, just for that reason. And that made all the difference in the world. It was a, it was a, it was a mental shift for me. Um, and, and since then, it's been, it's been one concert after another, one piece composed after another. And I do it really because of the pure joy uh, and, and of creation. Of doing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you're right. You're right. Listening to people out there is going to drive another person crazy. But I think one thing that people don't realize is that we are all intertwined. And I was saying this earlier how we depend on each other. There is not one person that can do everything by themselves. And so knowing that you are intertwined with everyone else, especially in music, you know, as it's a response. Uh, it's a response thing. You know, you're looking into the audience. You're looking for that. You're looking for the majority of the people to, to be staring at you and so in tune with what you're doing. And so when that doesn't happen or has that ever happened, what did you do? When, what did I do when people were, were not in tune with me? Correct. I mean, there had to been some times where you have to change it up. Um, that wasn't working, or maybe it was always that intense, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how amazing she is. Uh, no, no, it was never always, always rosy. I don't think that, that that's, that's credible. I don't think anybody has, uh, you know, that. Right. Um, I listened, I listened and I try not to take it personally because, you know, I, I don't think people were just saying that. I, I think they were being constructive in their criticism. I chose to take it as constructive criticism mm-hmm. um, and better either my um, performing skills or my presentation skills or the choices, the choices of pieces that I played. But then you also have to be careful not to always pander because you have to be true to yourself as well. And that happened for me at a, at a concert recently. I was, mm-hmm. uh, we were playing at this very lovely Indian restaurant um, and I was told, oh, I have to play, you know, Indian movie music. And I said, okay, that's cool. I grew up on Indian movie music. I can totally do that. But I'll do that if I can do it in my jazz style. And they were totally mm-hmm. cool with it. So 
I think it was a compromise. So not to, you know, sacrifice your individuality, but at the same time, being very respectful of what the um, environment and the, and the, and the uh, restaurant needed. Mm. Wow. So being stereotyped can, can sometimes not be good. No, no, <laughs> I definitely not. <laughs> you know, I get that. I get that. Um, and I totally understand that because when I walk into a room, people look at me and say, oh, you sing soul. Oh, you sing gospel. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. No, I don't. And, and so, you know, I guess people just, they, 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 they make these correlations that just don't match up to the personality of the person. So when, when you finally figured out that jazz is what you wanted to do, and you got it going. What was the one biggest lesson you've learned so far? Um, you know, that's a really great question. That's a fantastic question. What the biggest lesson I've learned so far is like mindset of 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 going from a solo performer to a band member. That is not easy to do. That took many, many, many tries. Uh, I had my band members rolling their eyes and like, oh my God, you know, it's it's about listening to the whole mm-hmm. band and realizing that, you know, when I wrote this album, I composed it for a trio, which is a double bass, drums, and then the piano. And to really, really realize that the other instruments around you, uh, to give them wings to soar, to respect their playing, their respect their musicianship, let them shine as well uh, as, as, as reinforce your playing. That was for me a very valuable learning experience because mm. it's one thing to be a solo performer. And I was, you know, as a concert pianist, you're a solo performer, but mm-hmm. jazz is all about the, how the whole band and the ensemble swings together. So I love I love playing with my members. I just I just right now we had an amazing set. We performed at the Lexington Hotel in New York City, uh, which is where we have a jazz residency. We're booked through through the year to through uh, 2019. They love us. We play here often, and we had a swinging set this tonight because I think we all listened to each other. We all respected each other. We all um, gave each other the stage to shine. And I think that's really, really important. And that's something mm. I've really learned and I've tried to improve upon through each uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So you you mean to tell me you haven't reached the plateau of the plethora? Because some people think they have arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a long, I, I have a long ways to go. I feel every day is a learning journey for me. Every album mm. I want it to be even better. I think I have so much to learn from talents around me. I, I try to take a humble approach because music is bigger than us. Music is, mm-hmm. is much larger than us. Um, right. And even, even though I've won so many awards and played in numerous concerts and played with some of the greatest musicians in the world, I feel I have a long ways to go. And, and I hope I hope I'll always feel that way because that'll give me a chance to aspire to do better and better. Mm. And that's that's wonderful. Yeah, I want to thank you for being on the show today. 
you know, I know that people can reach you on Spotify. I know that they can reach you on different plat, um, platforms. You have a Facebook, you have Instagram. Do you have anything else other than um, just the Spotify? Yes, uh, my Instagram is Charu Suri Music, and my Facebook is Charu Suri Trio. Uh, that's C H A R U S U R I Trio. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at Charu Suri Music, and um, and my website's my first and last name as well. And uh, you know, all I want to do is like thank my fans, thank my listeners, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, that's oh, really anytime. lovely of you. And and you had asked yeah, some beautiful questions. Uh, I just think music is supposed to create love and joy, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really blessed to be able to do what I do. Uh, you know, and I agree with you that music is a joyful language that everyone understands, even when they don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. I think it it brings people together, and it's that's Definitely. a lovely thing. Definitely, it's a universal language. Definitely, and and Chari, thank you so Charu, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. I, I combined you your first and last name, and I said Chari. I don't know. <laughs> That's fine. I've been called worse. <laughs> oh, I have too. <laughs> Charu, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for having me. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Okay, so the silly me came out. What can I say? You know, I'm not always great with names, but that's all right. I, you know, whatever the case may be. But Charu can be reached on uh, Instagram with Charu Suri Music, as well as I put the link up. You guys know the deal. I put the link up for Michelle uh, Aru, as well as for Charu Suri. So you guys can go ahead and copy and paste that into your browser and go check them out. I mean, you know, we are all related intertwined with each other we are codependent on each other um you know the instrument that some people play they don't even make it so i mean how it could how could you play a, a song without an instrument or a microphone or amplification or something i mean you know we we are so we're so caught up in being a solo artist or an entrepreneur that we don't realize that to be an entrepreneur, you need everyone else around you that makes the things that you need to become an entrepreneur. So in fact, we are, we have a vision, goal in mind, and we need things that other people have invented. Other quote unquote failures, if you want to call that, that they discovered uh, things that needed to be invented. We need these things. I'm talking to you through a microphone, a specific microphone for podcasting. I am using a specific computer for my podcasting. I am using the internet in my studio for podcasting. I didn't create these things. I went out and bought them. What if they were never made? What if podcasting just was never invented? The person never stumbled upon an issue that needed to be resolved and went back and, and solved it. What if that person gave up because they failed? Now you see what I mean, right? 
Now you see how failure doesn't exist. Our imaginations can be so vivid at times that we think these things up. You know, hey, if I continue with this, it may not, may, may not, may not happen. That's not certain. That's actually a figment of my imagination. And what if it does fail? It's it's a great opportunity to learn, resolve, and revamp. It's not failure. You are an inventor. You are a pioneer. You are special. You are not a failure. You have just discovered something that needs to be solved. Congratulations. You are now on your journey to become that person that you see you can become. When you know it's not enough, when, you, when do you know it's not enough? I'm going to tell you right now, it's never enough. To the moment that you pass away, and you leave this life, you, you're going to do all you can do. You're going to do all you can. And if you haven't done anything, you're going to regret it. If your dream is to begin weightlifting and to be gorgeous at 70, then guess what? You can begin your weightlifting at 50. And become gorgeous at 70. There is weightlifters at 70 years old. And I'm going to go ahead and do a search for them now on something where I didn't, I didn't invent. It's called the internet. And there's an 81-year-old woman, Ernestine Shepard. She looks amazing. At 81 years old, she looks like she's 50, maybe 40-something. She's like double that. She looks amazing. There's a 72-year-old bodybuilder, Josephina. She started at 59, okay? There is a 91-year-old bodybuilder in the Guinness Book of World Records at 91 years old. There is a nine-year-old girl who is, she's, she's a bodybuilder. She's amazing. She looks great. She's nine. I mean, there are so many people out there that are bodybuilding. And that's their dream. That's their goal. That's what they want to do. Ever too late. is an 81-year-old man ripped to the core that Japanese proves that bodybuilding can be kept up. Okay, Japanese. Toshiyuki Kanazawa. He is 91. He started when he turned, get this, 50. 50 years old, 
The man looks amazing at 91 freaking years old. Looks better than some of these guys in their 20s. Freaking 91, okay? 91 freaking years old. Don't tell me it's too late to start. I'm going to tell you it's because you don't want to do it. I want to welcome back my guest to the show. Welcome, 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 Miss Dawn. Miss Dawn with Hello. Hi, Yaya. Thank you so much for having me back. How are you? I am fantastic. Wow, wow. So what's been going on? I mean, it's just been a minute, but my gosh, I am so happy to have you back here. You an inspiration and everything. What's going on? What's going on? You know, if you miss a day in my life, you miss <laughs> like yards of forward momentum. Um, you know, everything has just been amazing since we last spoke, and it wasn't even that long ago. Um, we right. released my ebook. Uh, we've raised enough money to be able to hire my a full-time person on the ground in Africa what? to really like take us to the next level. Yes, yes. Ah. Um, I think I think we had already moved my girls out of their Sierra Leone one-room mm-hmm. place to um, their new home with they all have beds to sleep in now. Oh uh, we have a skincare line that is in the works of being um, developed using mm-hmm. all natural products from Uganda and Africa to make sure that the farmers and the people over there have jobs and mm. we have amazing products. It is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am wow. Wow. I, know. I am truly we when you say when you wait, wait a minute, I gotta slow down. Hold on a second. That's like a whole thing. That's like that's like we haven't we just I mean, it hasn't been a year yet and, and all of a sudden you've done things that would take a year for normal people to do. I'm just I'm I'm just gonna go there. It would I'm you, a normal it, person. But most people I, think you have to be supernatural. To move these girls out of there, do all the things that you're doing. I feel feel like that's what somebody might think, but when your why is so big and you are so passionate about it and you fully believe that you may not know how it's going to happen, but you just say, I have faith that the resources that I need to make this happen are going to happen and they will come to me and that has been happening on hyperspeed. And I... I, it's it's I am a witness to it, and I still shake, thinking I don't even know how this is happening. I just shook mine, but I am <laughs> powered by love. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Beautiful. Yeah, I just shook my head like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. Now, okay, okay. So let's back up. Let tell me, <laughs> tell me. I mean, I truly believe that you know what you just said. When you believe it, when you're passionate about something, when you're going after it with all due diligence, it will happen. But how did you come from the last time we spoke to now? So Miracle. Far? I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, how did this, how did this happen? You know, I could tell you this 
story, and I think this kind of demonstrates, I literally shake my head every day about this particular story. When I first connected with Susan in Sierra Leone, I Mm -hmm. have never been to Sierra Leone, and people kept saying, aren't you afraid to go there? And I didn't even know to be afraid. I just thought, these girls live in this every single day. I can surely go for, you know, a few And Mm -hmm. I just feel divinely protected in everything that I do. So I went, and these girls were lovely and wonderful, but I slept on the floor with them. I saw how they lived, and I just said no more (laughs) for them. Mm -hmm. And I came home, and Susan is just amazing at reaching out and finding resources from all over the world. But she put me in contact with somebody that she was in connection with, and he wanted to talk to me because – um, I had been there and wanted to see what my thoughts were on the whole situation. This young man, his name is Kwa, um, I looked on Facebook. We had three mutual friends, and I thought, wow. And I looked, and one was Susan, and two were people that I know from my hometown in California. I just thought, well, there is a very, very interesting connection that the universe is saying. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I started communicating with him. He is doing very similar work in the world as I am in different locations. So we had a very instant connection. And then the mutual connections were just funny, you know, very ironic. And he put me in contact with this woman to help me bring the skincare line, which was just a notion probably when I was talking to you um, before. And Mm -hmm. now I I really will have samples in my hand within a week. I know. But it is my testament to the power of love and kindness. And through Susan and the love and kindness and the faith, you know, all of this came. But you could not. I wouldn't have even known how to meet these people otherwise. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. You will have a product in your Hand. Mm-hmm. You leave me speechless. <laughs> Not many people can do that now, because you know I can talk. I mean, you know, I'm I I can talk, but you leave me speechless because there are so many people out there that give so many excuses as to why they can't get one thing done. Mm-hmm. One. Just one. You have done four <laughs> things. <laughs> I have a, a few more. I have a few more that I didn't mention, but I figure your show's only so long. <laughs> oh my! I got forty minutes. <laughs> oh great! Well, you know, my book. We're turning it into a planner journal, which I'm so excited about. Um, we should have that ready, like in print, um, by the end of April. Again, okay. I have. This is not just me. This is a bunch of amazing, inspiring, talented, passionate people who are helping me do all of these. But again, Mm. you know, they've come into my life through these amazing avenues. And so it is a team of all of us working together and making these things happen. Now, how intertwined are you with the people you work with? Because... I think it's so important that people say, oh, yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I work for myself. Yeah, but guess what? You can work for yourself if you didn't have paper, a pen, maybe a computer. I mean, you know, all these things 
are dependent on other people. How intertwined are you with the people that you work with on a daily basis? You know, that's funny that you say that because, um, you know, when I first started working, when I was 19 years old, I started working at Sherson Lehman Hutton. It was a stock brokerage at the time. It's a very corporate, professional world. And so everything had to be, you know, very professional. And so I thought when I started going to, into business myself that, you know, I had – there was part of me that wanted to go to that very corporate thing. And I just thought, you know – that doesn't feel okay with me. I need to be me and let my warmth like shine through in every association, whether it's professional or not, because, um, you know, that's just how I like to be in the world. And so I find all of my emails warmest and I, I try to be um, very encouraging and inspiring. And I want people to work with me when they come inspired and they, um, that they bring their best selves to the work. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm very intertwined with them, and it's very important for me to, to make them feel like they're important because they are. I could not do this work without them. Mm. And the mm. people on the ground in Africa, I mean, they're my family. Mm-hmm. I miss them. You know, when I'm not there, I want to hear about how they're doing. And, you know, I get emails. The message today I got from this young man in uh, Mama Josephine. He is, his name is Basho. And he's 18 years old. He's been with Mama since he was very young. And she's raised him. He's the, she's the only mother he knows. And he mm. is so good with the little children. And you just see this young man being so nurturing and so loving. And, you know, I said to him, you know, I love you so much. And he said, you know, Mama, we love you so much. And I said, uh, and I said you know what, I think I love you more. And he said, no, no, if you could see inside my heart, you would know how much we love you. And I just thought, oh, my gosh. These people mm. are why I do what I do, and that's why mm. all of this is coming to me. Wow. And have you had anyone to tell you that it wasn't worth your while to be a part oh, yeah. of this journey and that it wouldn't work? Absolutely. Um you know, it kind of ended, it was kind of the final straw in ending my almost 30-year marriage. Um, and mm. it's okay because we're friends and I love him, but it was something that he just couldn't wrap his head around. Um, sorry about the dogs. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, he, he did for a while make me feel like my ideas were kind of, oh, goodness, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My ideas weren't very worthy. He's very business. See, I can just ignore them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lola wanted to be on the radio on your show. That's okay. Lola, Lola hi. <laughs> oh, Lola. That's all right. That's all right. I got my tiger. He's just not in the room right now. He would have done the same thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I I did have somebody like making me feel like my ideas were silly. Um, a few times I'd said things to my daughters. I said, if we can figure out a way to fly people across oceans, you know, in a big metal apparatus, I mean, that's pretty astounding. So why is it so hard for us to imagine feeding everybody? You know, the mm-hmm. world produces enough food, so it's not as big of a stretch as flying and as far as I'm concerned, but she told me I sounded like a, a five-year-old. <laughs> wow. And I thought, you know what? That's kind of a compliment because five-year-olds believe in possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. And they haven't lost it. Yes. 
before society told them that all things are not possible. Hmm. I think that's why I like children so much. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, they're so innocent and and they're so untouched. It's, um, I love it. You know, they learn, they learn by example. Uh, And Mm. when you have a great example, you know, I look at kids and I want to learn from them. You know, mm-hmm. I do because they are so, they're so pure. It's like, you know, they, they play with anybody really, unless they've been, they've been damaged or already or taught differently. They don't care what, where you come from. They don't care what color you are. They don't care what your aspirations are. They don't, they don't care about anything. They just care about reading that next cool book, eating their ice cream and imagining things. I love it. Yeah, like, are you fun? Okay, that's all it yeah. takes to be my friend. <laughs> that's it. Are you fun? You want to go play on the monkey bars? That was me. <laughs> done. Yeah. I'm done. That's it. And the merry-go-round. I wanted it. Yeah. That was what I wanted. <laughs> so, <laughs> be. I know I'm silly. Being that now you have that new book, tell me about the new book, B. Anything B. Uh, the, the, Is it in so the world did, you can we, be anything, yeah, right? Yes, and we are mm-hmm. creating a journal slash planner, something that is inspirational, so reminders for people. We're going to ha- include writing prompts just to kind of get them, their perception shifting. Sometimes we all need the reminders. I do. You know, even though I think I'm pretty positive, every once in a while, you know, I'll, I'll need that that shift like okay don't be don't get stressed about this because getting stressed doesn't help you know um, we're going to have those we're going to have quotes that have inspired me Um, we're just going to have some beautiful graphics Um, we're going to include some coloring pages if somebody's so inclined to doodle or color or um, it's just going to be something very very beautiful something that I would like to you know have a calendar schedule my dates in take notes in Um, I want to make it very useful and also very Mm -hmm. inspiring Awesome, awesome. You, what is what is it? For, I mean, your future. Golly, you. You know, when we talk about your future, you know, it's like more like in the next few days. How many things will you be accomplishing? <laughs> and to me, it's like, dang, going the next time I hear from this lady, she gonna have world peace going on. I mean, it's, it's like, what? I dare ask, what do you have going on for your future? <laughs> I have so many exciting things in my future. Um, next month, I'm going to be attending a Reset America, Reset Africa conference uh, mm-hmm. sponsored by this amazing woman named Larita Rice Barnes. Um, she is a minister in St. Louis, and she just is dynamic. And one of the things that I think is so great about the work that I'm doing is that, you know, I have a Catholic priest that I work with on our team in Rwanda. I am mm-hmm. working with a temple, a local temple now. Um, they're doing fundraisers for me. Uh, for a, um, My friend Rachel, her bat mitzvah project this year, the, the, the temple has been very, very supportive. I'm working mm-hmm. with people in Christian faiths, people in, you know, um, you know, the Jewish faith, you know, all, all sects of religion, because Mm -hmm. the message is bigger than any religion. This is about love and God and kindness. Right. And that just, it trumps everything. And I think when I first started working with different 
you know, sex, I always thought, oh, you know, I'm afraid to tell them, (laughs) you know, but it's okay because they understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And our message is we can work together and we can create some kind of world peace amongst at least the people that we touch. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. And you're right. And you're right. You know, a lot of people attribute, um, peace and love to a religion, but actually it's not attributed to a religion at all. It's it's just attributed to, uh, you know, personality, people, you know, life, living, you know? Um, And so, uh, wow. Wow. I can't wait to have you back on the show. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because I just, I want to know how many things you can do in two weeks. I mean, seriously. I mean, I just... (laughs) Because I feel like I'm underachieving over here. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And, you know, not but, every two weeks is like this. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my gosh. But amazing work. And, and and that you are going forward without any kind of, you know, uh, any fear at all. It's just you just keep going. And it's a wonderful thing to, to move forward and, and let and just let things fall into place. What kind of advice now, it's it's only been a few weeks since we've talked, but what kind of advice do you give now since everything is going so quickly to the people who are coming up after you? To just believe, believe that there's something greater in you and, and that, as hard as it may sound, and when you're going through it, you certainly don't want to hear somebody say, well, you know, this everything happens for a reason, and, you know, it's for your highest and greatest good. But when you're able to step back and really view things from a different perspective, uh, just very quickly, my friend just moved, and, you know, it was kind of a struggle to get into this new house. Well, in her move, her curio cabinet broke when she was very upset about it because she loved this cabinet. And... Um, Another friend said to her, you know, in in Croatia, you know, in that culture, when something like that happens, it symbolizes a new beginning. And she reframed that situation. And Stephanie was, sorry, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. She was able to, um, like, really think of that as a blessing instead of, oh, this bad thing happened. And I Mm -hmm. think we can do that with a lot of things in our life. Maybe not with all at the moment, but everything does bring somewhat of a blessing. Sometimes we never know what that blessing is. Right. Definitely. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I commend you. Definitely commend you for everything that you're doing. Keep it up. Keep it going. Keep going strong and come back. Continue to be an inspiration to the listeners here. Wow. It's amazing. I wish I had like an audience. Yay. <laughs> I'm wow. happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much Thank for you. having me. Thank you, Dawn. Oh my gosh, amazing work you're doing. Keep it up. And I'm sure that everyone that's involved is appreciative for your hard work, your diligence, and your love. Mm, thank you. Thank you. You take right, care then. and we'll talk soon. <laughs> yes, definitely, Dawn. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Bye. And you tell that dog I said hello. <laughs> Will do. Will do. Thank All you. Right. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow, that is our show for tonight. 
amazing people, Michelle, Eru, um, Sharu, Sheree, and of course, Dawn, a well, uh, I, I think it's white, wet, um, Dawn, just, she's just, I mean, I'm done, I'm done, I have a lot of work to do, um, I'm not trying to compare myself, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I want you to see if she can do it, if these people, all three women can do wonderful, wonderful things with their dreams, their goals, their aspirations, they're going for it, it ups and downs, ins and outs, whatever the case may be, they're going for it. You can too. It doesn't matter if you're a male or female. It doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from. It doesn't matter if you were one color and you want to help another color. You're one religion, you want to help another religion. You know what? What is your dream? What is your goal? Go for it. As long as you're not hurting people or hurting yourself, I say go for it. It's a wonderful thing to have a dream, to have an aspiration. And I commend you. If you're doing it, if you're going for it, continue to do that. Here at Dream Chasers Radio, we're going to support you 100%. I want to thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. It has been another wonderful edition. And don't you forget that failure is really not failure. You just discovered something that needs to be solved. And I hope that you find a way to solve it while you continue to what? Dare to be different. 